Welcome to another episode of Host Right. My name is Zach and this is Eve and we are the directors of Stay Right. So we are a service accommodation management company and this podcast is all about sharing our journey and how we've scaled a successful business within 12 months and how we continue to get results doing so. So um, this episode is going to be all about nightly rates and occupancy and getting the sweet spot between the two to really maximize your business. I really can't wait for this episode. Um, so let's get straight into it. Hello, everyone. Hey. <laughs> um, I think revenue management is the equivalent of the design side of stuff for me. 100%. So this is Zach's sort of baby in the business. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to quizzing you a bit more. There's so much, isn't there, that goes into revenue management. And we were talking before this about like, how do we even start approaching that topic, right? Because it's so big. I know. Well, you got like peak season, you got winter now, which is, you know, the grueling times. Mm. Um, there's just, there's just endless things, but yeah, it's exciting. For sure. So I said to Zach, I was like, pick one thing. Let's just start there. It took me so long much. to pick. I, yeah, I couldn't do it. You had to help me. <laughs> we've got a lot more episodes to get through, a lot more stuff. So yeah, we're going to focus on finding that sweet spot between occupancy and nightly rate because those two things have to go hand in hand, right? You can't have one working without the other. So should we just start with, sounds kind of like an obvious place to start. Let's just start with what are those two things in the world yeah. of service accommodation and then we'll deep dive yeah for sure so occupancy is the amount of nights booked and we look at it on a monthly basis so if you had 22 nights of 30 um, nights that's about a 75 77 percent occupancy is what people would say so nightly rate is then what is the average nightly rate that you're achieving per booking um, and they're two of the most important, they're the really two main metrics you need to track mm -hmm. because that's going to lead to if you make profit or if you don't make profit. Yeah. So, okay. So when people talk about these things, you know, on social media or just when you meet people, what's their perception of it? Let's kind of myth bust it a little bit to start with. What do people think is good? What do people kind of think is the easy part or the hard part of it all. Yeah, so people think highly occupancy is the best result. Mm. And obviously, yes, that can be right. Um, and also, no, it can be wrong. Mm. Um, I think everyone always dreams about having 100% occupancy and um, sometimes I don't care about what rates they're achieving. Yeah. Um, so that's the main myth. And I think then um, <clears throat> people just have a myth on rates. I think people yeah. inflate rates like no tomorrow, especially mm -hmm. you know main, most deal sources. Um, and people get kind of hooked and trapped into that, yeah. uh, which is not ideal. Yeah. So, okay, there's so much here, isn't there? It's like I've got about a billion things I know I could start talking to you about. How do you work out occupancy rate? How do you work yeah. out nightly rate? So let's just start with one. I think we should talk about each one first, right? Let's talk a little bit about occupancy, a little bit about nightly rate, and then let's kind of put those two things together and find that sweet spot. Do you think that sounds like a good plan? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, So, so let's stick with occupancy then. 100% occupancy sounds amazing. People might brag about that. Sometimes that is amazing, but not always. And I think that that's where it comes down to what types of bookings you're getting, but also, yeah, what you're charging on your nightly rate, which we're going to come to. So occupancy, talk to me about why 100% might not be the best thing. 
Yeah, so 100% occupancy most of the time is going to come from a month-long booking or a long booking. That's when it's a good thing, That's right? a good thing. So when that, that happens, or if you have like a couple of big bookings back-to-back, basically it's when you have long bookings stacked on top of each other. When it can be a bad thing is when you have 100% occupancy, but you have about 20 or 10, not 20, but you have like 10 changeovers, yeah. like 10 two-nighters yeah. plus whatever else. Um, the reason being is that you're losing a lot to cleaning, operation cost, everything, and then there's more errors that go into it, plus a lot more maintenance. So um, what ends up happening is that to get those rates, you're probably charging too low, um, mm-hmm. which means that um, you're wearing your property more, you're stressing your team out, and you're making maybe less, if not the same, yeah. as other occupancy yeah. levels. So it's funny, isn't it? Because someone could say, oh, I hit 100% occupancy, but they can make less money than someone that's hit yeah. 80% occupancy. And something... Or less even. Yeah, yeah, or less even. Like something that we learned early on was you, if you're charging, yeah, like you said, if you're charging too little, your occupancy is going to be too high. And then it goes the other way as well, right? Like if you charge too much, your occupancy is going to be too low. Yeah. So what is that <laughs> sweet spot? So the sweet spot is around 75 to 80%, I find. Um, and we always achieve over 75%. Um, mm-hmm. I think it, last month was eight, uh, yeah, last month was 80% occupancy and that's across yeah. all our 40, um, properties. Um, and that allows like two night gaps. So Monday to Wednesday, you may have a gap, um, mm-hmm. or some like we call orphan days. Um, by far, that's the best way. It's less stress. Um, you have maybe four or five bookings, um, a month if sometimes you achieve that. And yeah, it it by far what I found to be the best income. Yeah, um, amounts from that. So how do we how do we start off with that? Like, let's go back to the beginning. Did did you obviously you've learned we we both learned so much about how to achieve this now? What were the key things right at the beginning when you were trying to get that right? What were the key things you were focusing on when you had when we had like one or two units? I'm saying you because this is your <laughs> yeah. your domain. Yeah, I mean, obviously learned a lot from like courses that we bought and yeah. our mentor um, yeah. that we work with you know he's taught us pretty much how i operate is based off that and yeah do you remember when we were on that like one of our first coaching calls yeah. after we went live and we said oh this property's got these gaps yeah and our mentor said okay share your screen okay click this button or turn this setting on or whatever it was change change the setting on booking.com it's, it's simply because my rate was too high yeah i was just i was put this discount on or whatever it was yeah. and then we got like three bookings that yeah. night and it kind yeah, of about- Paid paid for that course, yeah. just that alone, right? Yeah, with three and a half grand of bookings in like um, 24 hours. Yeah, I was just, I was thinking I can't drop my rate below 85 a night. And I was basically thinking I was going to lose money, but I was actually losing money because I wasn't getting booked. And that kind of comes with this. That's so, a mindset shift, right? Yeah. So for me, um, where, 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 where I kind of learned how to do it was just, it's just constant analyzing and being and just the, the the nights the rates change and the property changes you, you can't be scared to be the middle of the pack and then look to bring your rates to a good place closer to the days too many people want to get booked in the future and mm-hmm. it's just not the way to go so with my kind of thinking um you know you, you obviously price drives the market yeah, you know, everyone wants to be luxury. People go, "Oh my god, I can set up amazing." Obviously, yes. If you want to go luxury, it's a different market. Mm-hmm. But if you're, 
if you're setting up your property and it's, you know, a good Airbnb, maybe you've got some feature walls, you've got, you know, parking, quite standard to everything else, you can't expect to be on the third or fourth page and get booked. Um, and when you say third or fourth page? For example, on Booking.com, yeah. yeah. So I, when I talk about revenue management, I mainly focus on Booking.com. Airbnb kind of fills itself. It's got a different algorithm. Booking.com yeah. is price-driven. Yeah. Airbnb is slightly different. It's like reviews the price and stuff is, are more important. Yeah, right? price is still important. But yeah, Booking.com is where we run our revenue management, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the early mistakes was trying to keep those rates high when you'd kind of need to go with the market. And that's something that when you're when you're either for yourself or for a client trying to understand those rates, I think it's really important to get into that mindset, isn't it? Of, for example, in January, it's better to make some money than no money by keeping your rates high and kind of closing your eyes and, and hoping for the best is going to, you're going to end up a lot worse than if you just, Take the hit, realize that the only way you're going to get booked is if you kind of stay in line with everyone else, right? Yeah, and a great example will be right now. So like Flick from September, October, 80% occupancy rates were you know, really pretty good as well and, and uh, good results were happening. To just all of a sudden, November, what was working a week ago, completely different. It was just mm. like me and the team just on top of revenue management for the couple of weeks in, in the future, just seeing where we were because the rates just dropped by 15 and 20 a night. Just like oh, oh, in a week's time because the demand just dropped off. So what works in um, summer doesn't work in winter. And it's it's kind of, you just you have to have that plan intact. And we yeah. already have that. Like we, we've got settings where we can just switch yeah. and go bang. And then like winter all, mode is on. Yeah, pretty much winter <laughs> mode is on. And it's so about, yeah, wrap up warm and get ready. Yeah, yeah, literally just start, get ready to take a slight like left, right jab. And then summer yeah. comes and you're just like all Somebody dancing. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that listen to this starting, um, maybe start in summer. Um, you need to be on it with revenue management. This should be a daily yeah. task. And if you're not doing it daily, you know, you need to be... Yeah, if you're not, you're going to lose money. People underestimate it, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I think we always say, don't we, it's one of the last things we'll ever want to delegate. Yeah, I still do this, like, yeah, not full-time, because I've got someone else that does this, but I I do this. Yeah, they kind of push report, show you where things are at, do the obvious changes, and then you sort of tweak it. Yeah, I look, at it, da- I look at it daily. I'll, I'll get up our PMS, and I will look at revenue management, and if I... If I see what the team's done, I'll review it and I'll do it. I love it. It's just, yeah. I just, I enjoy it. I it's come from, a, sa- it's sales, right? I come from yeah. a sales background. When I see a booking come through and it's like, whatever it may be, if, if it's like a problem, a couple of days I haven't been able to get booked and I get it done, it's celebration. Yeah. And I make that like in our team, the culture is when the team gets a booking, I'm like, amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Because it's an achievement. Yeah, it's an achievement. Especially in the harder months. Like sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, guys, I'm like upstairs. It might be like midnight. I'm just like washing my face, getting ready for bed. And then I just hear like this cheer. Yeah, happy day. From a random part of the house. I'm like, oh, yeah, got a good booking. And then I check my phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good booking. So it is really satisfying, isn't yeah, it? Because you know you're you're hitting the um the numbers you need to, to make the money. Okay, cool. So we've kind of gone on to nightly right now. Anyway, mm. let's talk a little bit because people might be going, okay, yeah, you've got to charge the right nightly rate in the market how do you know what that is yeah so i mean there's a lot of i mean i don't use them personally but this stuff like air dna we did right at the beginning didn't we yeah to just so understand it a bit more it's a new area so i'll use it if we're going into a new area so yeah. when we went into bristol i used air dna and there's something that i've been using now which is property market intel which is way cheaper and it's 
probably just as good. It kind of spans um, across not just Airbnb though, right? Well, it does. It's so unfortunately it is only Airbnb. Oh, actually. It is. So it's Airbnb and VRBO. It doesn't. Oh, okay. It doesn't do Booking.com. This is why I don't use it because Booking.com oh, is a price awesome. driving platform. Yeah. Airbnb's it's different. There's just different things going on there. So I will look at Booking.com and I will um, basically see what people are achieving for week bookings, month bookings, weekend bookings, peak off peak. Um, and I'm mainly looking at the first page. Um, and from there, I'm, first I'm kind page, of... So first page, so... First page of Booking.com. you again. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So that would be low, lowest rates showing first. Yeah, like the way that everyone's going to filter stuff when they're looking. Yeah, so for example, like I don't want to be the cheapest. I don't want to be the most expensive. I want to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and when um, you think about that, just in terms of super quick, yeah. like when you think about that from like a marketing perspective and you think about people's mindset when they're searching for something right unless you are really luxury basically by sitting in the middle you're not cheap so people don't have that concern that you're the cheap one which isn't going to be good quality but you're also not overpriced so it's quite a trustworthy kind of place to be in the market with that isn't it yeah it's also like you're gonna get the most problem guests for the cheapest and that um yeah and then you you're gonna get better behaving guests when they pay more but then you can't you have to have a fine like fine line because Again, especially in winter, price is driving everyone's holidays. If you can be competitive, then you're going to get booked. But yeah, so I mean, when you get used to an area like Cardiff, Swansea, Bristol, Valleys, um, like right now, my eyes closed. I can tell you what night the rate is going to be for pretty much any property that we have. Um, so, um, you know, that's that's easy. Going to new areas, yeah, you can use those um those those other softwares plus then the the manual way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, someone starting out should get something like that just to start getting an idea, and also just be literally looking on the platforms. Yeah, look at the platforms. Look at uh, mainly look at Booking dot com. Uh, Airbnb is very good for occupancy, so occupancy yeah. is for Airbnb because you can see how booked they are, and then you got Booking dot com, it shows you the rates. Yeah, the other thing we used to talk about was if you're again going into a new area. You can look at like hotel rates in there as well because you are, especially with smaller properties one like one beds, you are competing with them. So if you've got a studio or one bed, it's worth looking at hotel prices in the area because you need to be competitive with those. Not only that, that's just good to look for demand as well. So if yeah. there is like um, in a less busy area, um, then it's good to have a, a hotel because then you know people are booking there, especially because tradies. Um, sorry, I'm Australian. So contractors, trades in Australian <laughs> Um they will stay at hotels. So there could be a demand there as well. Um, but yeah, it, it just do is you don't want to rush this. You want to really dive into this for like um, a solid couple of hours and then revisit it again because your brain will be a bit fried. I also remember in the earlier days, you'd make a change. So let's say you'd like drop a price because you needed to. And then basically, guys, Zach would go around going, we get booked and then you go, oh, should I have dropped it? Should I have dropped it? Oh, now we, should I have charged more for that? And you start questioning it and I'd be like, well, it wasn't getting booked. And then you dropped it and then it got booked. So it's the right thing to do, but you're always going to question it. You are. And the more times you do it, the more you know, you've experimented with different pricing, right? So then you know what is reasonable and what would be too much. Yeah. Or- it's the benefit of having multiple properties. You can test what works and what doesn't work. Um, and then you kind of make notes. Um, I make notes every time I do a change. So there's a team now. So when we do something and it works, we know this is what we did. So did we change the weekly discount or monthly discount? Did we do something else? Um, we I kind of make notes so that I can track what's working, what's not working. Um, because 
I'm not always, you know, going to do it for every property. Mm. So um, the team needs to be able to get trained. It becomes an SOP that way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Cool. So let's... What I want to talk about, I think it's really important to talk about this because I get asked this a lot, especially when I'm talking to someone that's like thinking of getting into it or thinking of putting their property on, you know, up as an as an essay. People often say like, what's the occupancy of this area? Or what's the nightly rate of this area? And it's just important to address it doesn't really work like that. I think we've obviously started to show that there's a lot more to it. But I think a really good example is like our two-bed... Um, that overlooks the water in Cardiff, right? Like, I think we talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to tell the whole story again. We talked about it from a kind of decor perspective last time, but also it just shows that you can't have one occupancy in one area, right? Like, Cardiff doesn't have an occupancy rate that everyone hits, and that's really important. It's not just on the area, right? So, you know, saying that with that property, it's funny because that one has a very high occupancy, um, but the rates are high. So like it, yeah. it's that weird, um, you know, weird middle ground where the rates are kind of normally better than other ones, and it's getting booked. But then even the gaps that normally make a seventy-five, eighty percent occupancy, it's getting up to that ninety percent mm. occupancy, and it's making more money. So then you just know that that property works in that way, and yeah. you're you're you kind of set it up to do so. But the point there is that it supposedly wasn't booked for six months yeah. before we took it on. Yeah. So the same property was achieving zero occupancy or close to that. And now achieves 85, even 90%. Yeah, every property is different. And it's, you know, like we talked about last, um, if you haven't listened to last week, that's how you set it up for success. Mm. This is how then you continue having success ongoing um, and get more money in your pocket or your client's pocket. Um, but yeah, there's no there's no one um, occupancy for an area. There's no one rate. But however, you can kind of gauge um, property types with the nightly yeah, rate. Yeah, there's the market, isn't there? um, And then we would always stack it at 75 to 80% occupancy because we know that we're achieving that and we yeah. have for 11 months. But like, let's be real. If you just listed it and you go, oh, well, this area has 75% occupancy, I'll get that just by listing it. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no, price drives everything. Yeah, it that's takes why work. you That's why you buy anything in life. If, yeah. If the price, that's the first and, and one thing that people can do. And even mentally, buy a pound, if yours is one pound more expensive than four other listings and your yours is five or four down the list and they're looking at a price, they're gonna you're setting yourself up for failure because you're are you telling me that to risk not getting a four night booking and dropping your rates by ten or fifteen pounds, yeah, you're 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 gonna not you drop sit it. Sit there and be stubborn. <laughs> and people will do that. And yeah. I, I, I know when I first, this is what happened in January, I literally didn't do that. And then I got three grand of bookings when I had oh, seven days of no bookings. So I lost like four or 500 pounds. Mm. Um, and as a, you know, if I got that Just booking. Just by thinking you needed to keep your price up. That's a thousand pound turnaround thing about it. I lost 500 pounds and I didn't gain anything. But if I gained the 500 quid, I've, I've yeah. literally, there's a whole thousand pounds. It's crazy. Um, yeah. But now I know that and it's like, on my radar um the small changes can make a big difference yeah that's that's important yeah. right if last you start- night i changed something by two pounds and yeah. i got booked yeah <laughs> that's the thing if you're starting out with this like the key point from that is you don't talking about dropping rates doesn't mean oh i have to go drop it by 100 quid it might mean literally 10 pounds that you're dropping it by um and that's where it comes down to looking at the properties around you doesn't it um, yeah on booking.com mainly daily you know I mean, that's what I do at least, you know, but everyone has different work ethics, unfortunately. Um, 
I do care about the client bookings very, very highly and I love it. And, you know, so if you don't love that part, which not everyone will, you know, it's it becomes a drag because it is, it is quite tiring, especially when you have a lot of properties. It is like, it is a lot of a work job, yeah. to analyze, but there's ways to make it fast, which um, do help quite a lot. Yeah. So what are those ways? Yeah, I mean, so for example, quick wins is... Uh, Using stuff like Price Labs, you can see what's not booked. You know, within the week, within fourteen days, you can set those own tags. Another good one is um, actually having tags on your PMS so that you can, um, when you're doing revenue management, you're doing it per like area. So it could be doing it by two beds, it could be doing it by um, like filtering. Yeah, it. filtering it, and then it could just be doing Cardiff or Swansea. So we have all that set up. So if we want to, for example, events, we can just go to Cardiff and then change all the. Um, all the dates, you know, very easy. So, um, you know, there's a lot of like automation, yeah, automation yeah. stuff, right? Which um, only gets you so far, but it kind of gets you in the right place to then do the manual stuff that needs, yeah, human brain to well, like work out what needs to be done. Yeah, well, we worked. Well, our mentor has a specific way he does his prior um, revenue management, and we've mimicked that with a little bit of edits. And um, I'm not going to get into what we do exactly because it's quite, I think, very specific and um, it's it gets a good uh, results. But you need to be able to have the ability to um, you know, get longer bookings because it, it allows that revenue management to make it easy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, a lot of stuff that we've learned over time, right? And it does take time. And the more you get to know your market, the more confident you'll feel in it. So if you are starting out, going to drop it a little bit better off doing that than getting no booking so just get sort of experimenting a little bit with it within your means don't go crazy but start practicing essentially and i think that's why it is really nice that we started out with rent to rent this is another reason why if you guys haven't heard our other ones go back and listen but we had rent to rents before we started management and it means you can kind of do that trial and error and that practicing for ourselves um which is really good um because you know, once you've got a client there and you want to make them money, it's a different ball game, isn't it? There is more pressure. Hmm. When you um, when you see or you think about like other other people that we've talked to, like other investors, other um, other landlords, and they talk about like their experience, what do you take away from like how other people do it compared to us? What's the what, what do you think our biggest difference is in this game? I'm asking you because I can answer it, but like, it'd be good to see you because you don't mm. directly do the revenue management um it, it'd be cool to kind of see that i think it comes down to the amount of time we put into it is the first thing i think yeah, it's very fine. easy when you scale to you know things just get away from you don't they oh it's been suddenly it's been this many weeks since i've done revenue management because you're unorganized and you've got loads happening and you're distracted and i think if it's not a priority because you've got loads happening then it's like we've talked about, it has to be done very frequently and in detail to, to achieve maximum results, right? So basically, it's ma- making it that priority, doing it consistently, um, putting the time into it and, and making sure that it is one of those high-level tasks that you you keep doing. Even if your business grows, even if you've got team members, this is not something to let go of. Um, it's something that you want to keep as a high-level task. Essentially, it's the the revenue generating part i mean revenue management of course so that's the part that is making you and your clients money so so yeah i think it's just making it a priority um it's easy to get overwhelmed when you're scaling 
Yeah, for sure. I agree. I agree. Mm. Um, I think the, the other thing that people don't think about with like revenue management is that they don't think about events and mm. obviously the software's pick this up. But what a lot of people do is they just like, like they they see a event come on like the TV, like, oh my God, Taylor Swift's coming to Cardiff. We're like, <laughs> happy days. That's going to be a, a nice yeah. nightly rate. The people then jump to get onto their computer, change the nightly rate to, let's say, I don't know, whatever, three, four hundred and nine. And, and want to be the first booked. people, yeah, like, to get booked. It's the, the way I kind of see revenue management, it's like a stock. If you're, if you're an investment, like if you invest, you'll get this and understand this. You think about the people that make the most amount of money. They're not the people that get in there and they have like no, like, they're not, they're not they're very terrified to like no risk yeah they're like oh my god i'm put this money in there and oh, oh crap it's gone down i'm gonna i'm gonna sell they they then want to get booked up months in advance where it's it, kind of like panicking isn't yeah, it? They panic. yeah like you just want to get like you know you just want to get your results straight away and and, and terrified and as soon as everyone's yeah it's, it's anyway i can keep going on about this it's crazy um but then if you have a little bit more just like relaxed mentality and confidence more confidence experience then you you're happy not to be booked months in advance mm. or happy not to be booked for that event and you know you could be not booked for that event a couple of weeks beforehand and achieving a really high nightly rate um and you like you said you can always reduce your rates you know yeah you know that an event is sold out and that people have booked a year ago there's probably i know i bought tickets for an event the night before not only that we might book the tickets for the event the year before but it does not mean we're booking the accommodation oh, no, i mean yeah. Think about how unorganized some people are, and I'm not judging. I mean, we would be the same. We, terrible, we've yeah. been in Italy booking accommodation for Italy, you know, like there are people like that. Yeah, shout out to um, Matt. Uh, he, he'll remember that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we we are the ones that were booked last minute, so we get it. Like there's always going to be someone that needs something, um, even if it is like the night before. But Cardiff's good for that, isn't it? Cardiff is very good for events, um, and then that means the surrounding areas are good for events. But we're lucky here. We've got the big stadium. Everyone comes to Cardiff. Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Harry Styles, Coldplay, obviously then the rugby. What about for cities where they don't have the stadium? Um, what sort of events do people look out for? Well, I mean, I can use um, our, our mentor as an example because he's telling me this great story. So there's a night in Nottingham, which is the ice hockey. It must be a big derby um, over there. It's not a massive stadium. Um, it probably holds maybe 15,000, maybe 20,000, maybe less. I don't know. Um, and for six years, it's always been held since they've operated. Mm. And first year, they got it booked for like, I don't know, two, three hundred a night. And then what they did was they let it not be booked for 48 hours beforehand and they got six, seven hundred pounds. So it's just really on-demand events where mm. you want to look for the ones where people are coming out of the town for yeah. or they're flocking into one specific area. Um, so if it's like a, I don't know. If it's, like if football it, games. Yeah, football games. What I've found with football is because it's, I mean, maybe this is Cardiff specific because it's quite um, um, a small city, but obviously the fans are local. So they're going to yeah. go home because it's all area related. Yeah. However, international ones, yeah, like big games, they're different, big, yeah. big, um, big bigger leagues, and like well, I don't know much about pe- football. It's where people so. come. So for I don't example, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so like, like <laughs> I don't know what leagues there yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. So if England are playing in Manchester or Liverpool, 
then not just you know not just not like just Liverpool, yeah no, not just the north are going to be there you know the people one from i know <laughs> yeah yeah people from cornwall or, or bristol they'll go up there as well yeah um so that's what you want to look out for but this is why you get things like price labs this is what you we use which flags um, oh that price demand is and then we can then look at you know i don't trust price labs i always up it but then you can kind of search what's on that date if it's in that in that color and you go oh yeah cool i missed this what mm-hmm. we do is we have a event calendar which then we know what dates event. are so we're not yeah. missing events yeah um especially the six nations in cardiff it is crazy we just had a booking for 1160 a night for a three-bedroom I'll let you sit on that because for one night for one night, <laughs> and we got three more rugby games um, in thirty days from that night, which is crazy. Yeah. So I can't wait for Taylor awesome. Swift. Yeah. I've never had Swifty power. What do they call it? Just Swifties. Is it just Swifties? Yeah. I'm a Swifty. I'm a Swifty this year, guys. June or I July. I might go. You know, do I have to get a ticket already? Maybe I do. Yeah. But um, you can upsell Airbnbs if yeah. people don't have properties. <laughs> yeah. We have this Stand left. outside. Two grand, two grand. Yeah. <laughs> Stand outside handing out leaflets. It's funny though, isn't it? Because there's all the obvious events, but then there are some that surprise you, like the ice hockey in Nottingham. So just don't assume. Um, do your research. Have a look at what other people are charging. If there's people that have been in the game for a long time, hotels as well, they'll know what's going on with events. So if you're not sure if an event is going to be a big deal or not, because um, sometimes we think something is and then it isn't and vice versa. So yeah, just do your research as well because you don't want to miss out. You don't want to assume uh, no one cares about the ice hockey and then suddenly you're booked for like a quarter of the price of everyone else. So just see what everyone else is starting to do for those things. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Don't rely on it though. I no. think I see this is the one thing because uh, we're talking on price. I'm going to... Mm. Uh, this. Another person messaged me the other day. This is a pet peeve. Yeah, sources. <laughs> not, not all of them. Not all sources, but like a lot of them. I would say ninety-five percent. Um, no offense. Yeah, no offense, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just shocking. Um, like uh, someone sent me a message the other day saying that he wanted to take this property on. Would I manage it? He sent me the deal pack, and it was two hundred and fifty a night for a three bedroom in Cardiff. And I was just like, I just sent it back to him and said, "Mate, this is just this is just a joke." I said, this is just so far off. You'd be lucky to get, mm-hmm. depending on what it is, 150, 160 consistently. And they were stacking it at 75%. So you're selling them a dream of two and a half grand profit. If it sounds too good to be true, Probably it is. most likely is. So yeah. do not trust that. And what I would say for a tip, if you're not like in South Wales and we can run it, obviously we can run other properties. And, and if you are uh, someone that has a deal that you want to, by all means, you can always message us. We are always running. We will tell you no if we think it's um, not going to yeah. work. But if you're in, let's say London and you don't want to manage it or little tip, um, which is a bit cheeky because I'm a management company, you, you can always go to someone and say, this is the property I'm thinking of taking. Can you look at it? And they will tell you what they think their rate is going to be. Mm. They may boast it up a little bit. They also may be really honest, like what we would be. But then you kind of got an actual cage of what the price is, yeah. not just off the saucer. Because most sources have never done rent-to-rent or they've never done management. They're trying to sell their deals. They are. You've yeah. got to remember, they're making three grand. That's a lot of money. So yeah. they're going to tell you whatever you want to hear so that you can buy that deal because money talks, unfortunately, for them. Um, and not all, again, 
um, being generic. Yeah, we know here, some great ones. We know some great ones. However, like any industry, before our partners message saying, "Hey, what are we talking about?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of bad ones. We're not talking about you guys. There yeah, are good ones, not. but yeah, I mean, we only work with people that we help run rates for, or yeah. um, yeah, and we turn down deals like we've said on multiple times that um, it's not going to work because we don't want to manage their sink and ship. Yeah, I also think part of that, like carrying on from that, in terms of people getting those nightly rates wrong. What people forget about with occupancy and nightly rates is you've got to look at a 12-month average. Yeah, that's a good point. So are you just looking at a summer rate? Um, if you are, that's not going to average out over the year. Yeah, you're not making money in January. That yeah. rate is not going to mean anything to you anymore. They probably are stacking. That's a good point. They are probably stacking it on like summer Yeah, like rates. what's the highest you can achieve? So what you've got to look at is, okay, what are you going to achieve in, in winter? What are you going to achieve in summer? Let's average that out. Same, same for the occupancy. Mid, the mid, like um, the mid tier, which kind of that's, yeah, the average spring, is kind of like autumn. Yeah, yeah. The so, average is like the in off season kind of part of it. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at the lowest and the highest, you want to work out somewhere yeah. in the middle. That's what you're going to kind of average out for the for a twelve month period because yeah. the money you make in summer, the occupancy you will achieve in summer, occupancy might might be the same winter, might be a bit lower, but also your price is going to be lower. So. Don't start stacking deals on summer rates and getting really excited. And when January comes, you're freaking out. Have a better understanding how it's going to look over the year, right? Because I think that's yeah. where people get confused. Yeah, they do. Um, the summer rates are obviously amazing. Winter rates are much lower. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think a lot of people out there say they need to be breaking even at 50% for the deal to work. I mean... I just don't understand how anyone can have fifty percent occupancy. It, mm. it just it just has not that happened. That should be really hard. To it would be really hard um, with all the automation. We'd have so, to like block it off. Yeah. So for days. Yeah. When people say that to me, I go, I mean, I get it. Especially yeah, you want you want to be prepared. But honestly, we've never had anything on this. We've had one property go for sixty percent, but that's outside of our control. Um, but um, yeah, if it stacks at sixty percent, I would say that is great deal and then it's 75 percent if you're making good three four hundred pounds profit this is if it's managed um uh then happy days if it's not managed and it's just a rent around that you're done doing then that should be more like nine to mm. a thousand um which is what our problems do so um yeah just like you said just take it with be a pinch careful of, take a pinch of salt yeah. sources do your own research listen to this uh, run your own um you know rates um and you know, look at maybe a management company as well to help with that. And, and then speak to other operators in the area, you know. If you know someone or um, you know of people, just have a chat to them and I'm sure they will help. And if they don't, just come speak to me. I'll tell you if it's a uh, kill or be cured. Yeah, there's um, room for everyone to uh, help everyone, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, so I guess it's just like, be careful. Um, do your own research, even if you are trusting a management company or someone else. When it comes to these things, this is what makes or breaks a deal. Due diligence, to talk about it in all different types of property deals. It's just as true for this as anything else. And this topic is not, not the most like crazy. I mean, Zach finds this topic exciting. If you're into it, say, I mean, yeah, it, no, it's it's really important. It's really interesting, but it's not it's not the fluffy parts, right? It's not it's not the bit that made me really excited when we started doing. It. Oh, we're like, yay, like scary numbers. Some people are going to feel that way about this side of it, but it is so important and. Um, it's the science behind uh, getting good results, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just um, you got to do it. You got to do it. Mm. You got to be on top of it. I keep saying it to people. They're just too um, they're too airy fairy. But uh, 
especially if you're a management company. I, I actually posted about this today. Like you have you have to treat it like it's your own rent to rent. You wouldn't let your own it's rent to rent not make money. So yes, you're going to make money if you're managing it, but what's the point of managing it if you're going to get a bad reputation? Um, yeah, which is why we say no to things that don't stop. Yeah, exactly. Because yes, you know they're going they they've they got no way out because they've signed an agreement. But we don't want to be a part of that. Um, happy to rescue someone and try, but um, if they're already in there, but I don't want to start it from the start. Mm, no, agreed, agreed. It has to be a win-win, right? Um, if we feel confident we can achieve with it, then that's great. But if we feel like, yeah, the numbers don't stack or the occupancy isn't going to work, then not worth it, right? 100%. Amazing. Well, this was good. This was, hopefully it's not fried people's brains. I hope it has. <laughs> a little so wait, bit. Well, a wake-up call for people. <laughs> and I think um, there'll be a lot of people out here that have maybe one, two, or three, or maybe some of our clients, or maybe um, people that are looking to get into the space. It, the reason I go technical in it is because it is technical. It's very easy when you get it right, but you just have to be on top of it. Um, it is the thing that you should always do until you have nothing left to give up. This mm. is the last thing to give up. Um, yeah. And then once you can give it up, you've pretty much given someone your brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got to record what you're doing, which is what we, yeah, we're doing, which is really good. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So, sweet spot between occupancy and nightly rate is just summarize yeah so the sweet spot between this is getting that 75 percent occupancy and not being the cheapest but not being the most expensive it's in the middle and you're not getting booked months in advance you're getting booked at a time frame that is your lead time to your area that allows you to get a, that sweet spot a good occupancy mm-hmm. and a good nightly rate yeah once you achieve that you're going to be doing better than 99% of your competition. And when you do that, you're going to get more business and your clients are going to make more money. Or if you're doing rent rent, you're going to make more money. Yeah. So if you want to learn this, I have absolutely no issues pointing you to where we've learned this. Um, and mm. I'm happy to talk to you as well. Um, more than happy to jump on a call. And um, and yeah, because what, yeah, guys- we, what we learned, you know, for what, it, what we you know, what we bought it for, like I said, that one call that we had. One of many calls. One of, asked, that but one particular yeah, call paid our course back, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. So it was, it's a way of, I mean, obviously we learn as we go along, but that's a way of learning from someone else's mistakes without having to make the mistakes yourself, which was super valuable, wasn't it? And it definitely kind of sped us up and progressed us along a lot faster with, um, our kind of knowledge yeah. and stuff. So we're, we're enabling ourselves to do this, and even when we try to slow down this month, just to like um, prepare for Pause, winter, regroup. We've taken on seven more properties, and this is from referrals. This is from existing clients. Um, so once you start getting results, um, this is what happens: your business grows. Um, you take care of investors; they take care of you. For sure, awesome. Well, don't give up revenue management, please, Zach. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, as great as the team are, keep keep on this, please. Yeah, this is my baby. It's so, yeah. so valuable. We do have um, Gabby, who's uh, who's the rock star now. That she's Shout getting into it. Yeah, Shout out to Gabby. She's uh, she's super intelligent. I tell her what, like how to do something once, and she's already implementing that. And it's amazing. I can just push report, and then she'll say, "Yep, this is all done." I'm like, "Love it." Yeah, she is. Uh, she is good. She's definitely becoming part of that that team of revenue management, isn't she? 
Um, awesome. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Like I said before, hope it didn't fry your brains too much. I love this stuff. It's so satisfying when you get those results. So go implement some of this. What go look at your strategy. Time? Go away. Look at your strategy. If there's anything we've said that you guys aren't doing, do it. And if obviously, like Zach said, any questions, come back to us. Let us know. Um, and what we're going to start doing in the future obviously once this has kind of got a bit more momentum behind it we're going to start potentially maybe i don't know how often we're going to do this but when we start getting questions coming in um we're going to have kind of a feature episode once a month like a bonus episode where we are answering people's questions so if you do have any send it in and we're going to kind of build that up and, and do a bit of like a q a style um podcast once once we have those questions coming in i mean i could think of a lot that people ask us every day anyway right um but yeah so that's super exciting um check us out down below we'll put our instagrams and things like that down there um and we will see you guys next week we're gonna have a guest next week um so just be ready for that we're gonna have an interesting conversation about a few things um and we'll let you guys know soon what that's gonna be about so see you next week thanks guys